Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what is going on, man? My friend, I am eager and ready to answer our listeners' questions on Cocaine Bear. Is that <laughs> is that what we're here to do? Isn't that what we're aren't those the questions? Oh, oh, sorry, producer. No, oh, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, Holy Spirit, Cocaine Bear. You know, yeah, yeah, they might be a little different. Um, <laughs> now I'm excited, dude. Yeah, I'm excited. I like when we get questions. I really appreciate those that have sent them in. We have one. Dear friend, yes. uh, dear friend Matt, uh, I won't say his last name, but it's not Matt Smith. I probably wouldn't care if I said his last name, but I didn't get permission, so I won't. Who okay. sent us, what, 30 questions or yeah. something? So, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> we won't answer them all, brother. Yeah. But we'll answer the ones that um, I can sound semi-intelligent on. <laughs> so what is that, one? <laughs> Well, I think we got. Long? I think we got three. Oh, good. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And All notice, right. I just said semi. That that's one. right, semi. <laughs> good. Well, before we get into that, I do want to read. Um, we got a really uh, wonderful email from one of our listeners this week, and I. Um, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna keep all of our uh, questions and things like that anonymous. But I I was just real moved and touched by this and and thought it was just so profound for what we've been talking about with the Holy Spirit. And so I do, I want to start by reading that here. Um, Awesome. The person says, I don't really have anything to add for the AMA episode, but I just wanted to say thank you for the podcast and the weekly insights. This week, 221 in particular, moved my heart. I have recently experienced the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I have suffered a painful betrayal by Christian family members, and out of of a vindictive heart, I turned to YouTube to see if CFC would be the place to gather the ammunition to enact the revenge I so desperately seeked. Wow. Um, I chose Greg's sermon from June 10th of last year. I did not get what I wanted, but I got what I needed. In one sermon, Greg dispelled every lie I've told myself about the church. I finished that sermon realizing... What I need is the love of Jesus, and though things are still difficult today, I have a new desire to serve God, and I am so grateful for all the love and support I found at CFC. I truly believe this is the work of the Holy Spirit, and this podcast has been an inspiring support to me. Wow. that That's exactly what we were talking about last week, right, Greg? I mean, this is what the Holy Spirit does. It brings order out of chaos. Yeah. It works in the hearts of of people's lives to churn and transform them more and more into the glory of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, Nathan, what an encouraging email. I didn't. You, I'm hearing that for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you uh, read that to me earlier, and I'm feigning a response. I'm genuinely uh, touched, and I'm, I'm whoever that dear person is. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing that story. Boy, can't you relate, Nathan? To <laughs> wanting to get something (laughs) and then you get something that God has in store. You know, there's so many stories like that. I could have told the one last week. I'll I'll give the very short version of it because it's don't want to be a diversion, but you've heard me say it many times, Nathan, the time Lisa and I in a different lifetime before kids at our former church spent time with a woman Mm -hmm. who was going through a lot of struggles and we were just able to do that then. It was really cool. We didn't have kids. We were young we were at her home sometimes till two, two, three in the morning, yeah. praying, just trying to encourage her and pray together. And it was just a really neat time. And, you know, she started coming to the church. And then, um, you know, I think I've told you at one point, our mutual friend Dave Shive yeah. asked me for her address. I said, oh, yeah, I, I gave, you know, the the um, uh, the lady's address to Dave. And I knew he, Dave would probably send her some kind of a note. And then, you know, Lisa and I miled a lot more time or uh, – lot more we logged a lot more miles with her i mean and then we had a meeting uh with some folks in the church it was like kind of a mini retreat and some of the folks that were new there 
the moderator said, hey, why don't you share if there's, you know, we God does the work, but we come into the church through people. What what people really minister to you? And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to get my strokes. You know, there, <laughs> there's no way she can tell the story. I mean, maybe Lisa too, you know, but, you know, Lisa and I, the Dutch are somehow going to get our strokes, you know, our, our incredible sacrifices, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And she said, I'm here for one reason. Dave Shive. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh. And it's that Dave wrote her like a three-sentence letter, which is a cool thing to do. He just knew she was kind of new at the yeah. church and wanted to send her a word of encouragement. And I'm like, Dave Sh And, of course, everybody's saying, and Dave's kind of doing the old shuck smile. Oh, no, I'm just so glad the Lord worked. Of course, I'm faking it. Thank you, Lord. So, you know, it, that's my story. Sometimes you, you you want something, right? And the Spirit gives something, and it's what you needed. Yes, that uh, it really has nothing to do with us, right? You almost get the impression the Holy Spirit thinks it's about Jesus, right? Right, and uh, <laughs> wants to put the spotlight on Him. So that email is awesome. Yeah, and it's again, it just it it shows and highlights what the Holy Spirit does, right? The Holy yeah. Spirit puts the spotlight back on Christ always yes. so that we're always looking at him, truly um, asking, uh, as Matt would say, not not uh, what would Jesus do, but what did Jesus yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think uh, that's just so important to remember that yeah. that's what the Holy Spirit does, regardless of what other questions we talk about and have or answers that we give, right? This is the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Yes, yes. And I, the, 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 the pain of um, obviously being hurt mm -hmm. by family or a sense of betrayal, whether that's your biological family, your spiritual family, both. Woo. Yeah. Hard, man. Yeah. And what always intrigues me, dude, is Jesus knows that. Yeah, he knows what it is to have his friends abandon yeah. him. Um, you know, the Psalms predicted a, a friend lifted his heel against him, and of yeah. course, predicting Judas. And you know, he knows he knows what it's like to receive the promises and maybe the sincerely given promises. Right. So, for the Holy Spirit to direct us back to Him is yes. such a kind act because He's the only one qualified to help us. Yeah, it's just yeah I, that boy. I, Thank you for the unexpected surprise. Yes. That was a great email. So now we are going to move into our AMA. Yeah, baby. Um, but I thought that was just a, such a good place to start us off. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start with a question that came in. Uh, this was actually the first question that I received the, uh, over the past, I guess it was about two weeks that we had been really talking about this and promoting it. Yeah. And so this is, uh, this is the question. We'll probably have to go down and break it down a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but... Here it is. In uh, this week's episode, you mentioned Jesus' words from John 16, 7. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The conditional aspect of that statement struck me in a way that it never has, which got me thinking. What is the mechanic by which Jesus going allows for the Holy Spirit's coming or sending? Or to put it another way, did something prevent the Holy Spirit from coming before Jesus' death? My initial thought is that, but for Jesus' atoning death, we are unable to receive the Spirit because of our depravity. Is this something that has been addressed slash discussed in theological circles? If so, is there a general consensus or a few schools of thought that might be interesting to survey? Wow. Dude, that was not one question. <laughs> that was one incredibly intricate, <laughs> mind-bending question. That's right. So uh, I just want to thank you, questioner, for asking that great question. Let's move on to the next one. Um, <laughs> wait, oh no, the, the, you think you think they'll notice that? If yeah, right. We don't take a shot. <laughs> um, well, well, let's let's start with the first part. Let's kind of yeah. um, break it down. So um, the first part of the question: what, what is the mechanic by which Jesus going allows for the Holy Spirit's coming, or or him being able to send the Holy Spirit? Great uh, question. I love how the 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 person introduces it. I mean, I would say uh, that's an appropriate question because Jesus describes it mechanically, mm -hmm. but I don't think it is mechanically. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, I don't think that the Holy Spirit, it, he does describe it as if, if I go away or if I don't go away, it's an if then conditional kind of clause mm -hmm. statement, uh, the Holy Spirit can come or can't come, mm -hmm. which you typically think of cause and effect, right? I mean, you would think if I unlock that door and open it, 
the tiger can come out. Right. Uh, if I don't open and unlock the door, the, the tiger can't. There's a mechanism. Yeah. Um, I think Jesus uses that language because it's ordinary language. I put it on par with um, Tom Tasselmeyer, one of our local weather guys, who is a meteorologist, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who knows that the sun doesn't rise mm-hmm. and that the sun doesn't set. He knows that the earth rotates on its axis, and right. from our perspective it does. Yet he says... The sun will rise tomorrow at 6.03 a.m. Yeah. The sun will set at 7.12 p.m., you know, whatever it is. Uh, and I think Jesus is using that language because it's very clear that there's him mm-hmm. and there's someone after him. Yeah. Someone that's going to come alongside. So my first thought is there is no mechanism, but there is a sequence mm. that Jesus is the one who is physically with his followers. Mm-hmm particularly his immediate disciples and, and the crowd around him. Um, but he also knows in John 16, as he's preparing, it's really his farewell in, in John's gospel. That's where he's he's kind of giving his goodbyes. Right. And it's a, it's a lengthy section, you know, going uh, all the way through 17 and then 18, you're back to the narrative with Pilate, et cetera. But um, I think he is saying that he has been with them physically, he knows there's going to be a great grief moment for them, series of moments, when he leaves them physically. Yeah. So by highlighting the Holy Spirit, who has been there the whole time. Right. But if you think about it, and this goes to your question a week or so ago, Nathan, the Holy Spirit's primary role, we would say, in the life of Jesus, at least in the way he's emphasized to the reader, is empowering Jesus yes. to do what he does in his earthly ministry comes upon him at his baptism. Yep. It's the inaugural moment that kicks off his public ministry, and then he goes forward. So the fact that he would say this Holy Spirit, who he's intimately familiar with, obviously, is the same spirit that's going to be working in and through you. Yes. I take John here, what is it, John 16? Is that the... John 16, 7. Yes, yeah, John 16, 7. As almost Jesus... Um, cliff notes or spark notes for that point that we often make about the book of Acts. Mm. Acts starts, uh, keep in mind, Acts is part two of Dr. Luke's um, almost two-volume origins of Christian beginnings. Yeah, And he says in Acts, which is his second book, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Yeah, And that's elliptical, the, the implication is, in this book, right. I'm going to describe what Jesus continues to do and teach. Yes. Because if he began something in Luke, the obvious implication is this is what he continues to do. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Um, Jesus is no longer a physical presence after chapter right. 1, early in chapter 1. He's gone. He ascends. Um the only time you might get another appearance, so to speak, is in Paul's right, vision, Paul's Saul's vision, vision yeah. which reinforces the same truth. Because he says, what? Uh, why do you persecute me? Right. Paul said, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm persecuting the church. I'm persecuting Christians. Right. I don't know who you are. And the implication is, oh, if you persecute them, you persecute me. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, yeah. is indwelling his church through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I know I'm giving a lot here, but it's such yeah. a, a great and thoughtful question that I, I'm taking Jesus to mean that um, it's good. Yeah. Because wait till you see how the Holy Spirit continues what I've started. Yeah. And when he comes, and all the things we've talked about, he will bring to your remembrance the things that I've taught. He will empower you with boldness to stand before kings and governors yeah. and to be martyred. And, yeah. You know, it, it's just a, a, a incredibly inspiring picture that he paints. So that's how I would take the first part. Yeah. More about sequence than mechanism. Yeah, and and that that aligns with what we see in scripture because mm-hmm. uh, you know, we've talked about this before. You've mentioned it many times in preaching that God is in in the Old Testament we see God training his people as as a parent would train their children. Mm-hmm. And and so if we look at all of scripture as the unfolding of who God is, mm-hmm ultimately all pointing toward Christ. But the Old Testament predominantly deals with 
who we think is God the Father. Mm-hmm. And we get these snippets of the Son in there, the Ancient of Days. We get these snippets of, you know, the Son of Man. We get we get all these snippets, but we actually don't understand that fully revealed until we get to the Gospels. Yes. So God is, in a sense, progressing and handing off, this is the one who I've been talking about this whole time. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Now Jesus is passing the torch on to the Holy Spirit. I've been here the whole time throughout history, but here I am revealed. Now I'm going to reveal the third person of the Trinity to you, the Holy Spirit. I love that, Nathan. I love that. That's a really good summary. So if people weren't listening, I'd take credit for it. And uh, (laughs) trying to think if I can still pull that off. But uh, we've talked about that. You're really describing the, the fact that Revelation is progressive. Yeah. It's not that God has a new thought or a new idea that he wants to try. It's always been there, but it's not always revealed. Yes. So Adam doesn't know as much as Abraham. Abraham doesn't know as much as Moses. Moses doesn't know as much as David uh, in terms of what God has been showing as more scripture is written, as more truth is is being doled out. I always tell you, dude, I took that trip with my father when I was 19. That's that's a story in itself. Yeah. Um, Two weeks with just my dad. And oh my goodness, it, it, you know, we've always been close, but it just, I think it just sealed the deal. And I learned things about my father as a young man that I never knew. Yeah. They were always true. Yeah. They were, when I was five, 10, 15, didn't know anything about it. It's not like those things didn't happen. Right. But that was the moment he chose to reveal and tell me some things about his life. Yeah. That he never told me before. And yeah, when you think about that, uh, Jesus, you know, hinted, predicted right. all through the Old Testament, we talk about. Christophanes yep. was the angel of, of the Lord Jesus, and that we could maybe save that for you know another topic. But you know, there's a lot of merit to those arguments. But then you get to the Gospels, yeah. The one who's always there, you see him, yes. And then the Holy Spirit, who's always been there, right? Uh, you you really get to the Book of Acts, yeah. Wow, watch what he does, yes. Uh, so that dovetails really nicely, Nathan, with my question, if you don't mind, yeah. Um, that a, a listener just directed to me personally. It was after a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about the podcast from from the uh, from the front. And um, the gist of it was something I had said in the initial podcast that we started out with on this theme, and that was the role of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament and New Testament. Yes, you've kind of answered it, Nathan. You you okay? This is where I go to. How do I summarize it quickly? I, I well, <laughs> I can't summarize. Right, right. I can just share one snippet and leave a hundred questions unanswered, and yeah. maybe they'll lead to other discussions. If you read the posture, the emotional posture of the psalmist who loves Scripture, yes, think Psalm one nineteen. Yeah, you know, there's others, but Psalm one nineteen is the longest of any psalm, and the famous one for this aspect. I delight. In your word, I yeah. love your statutes. I rejoice in your precepts. It's usually words, statutes, precepts, delight, rejoice, love. Yes. Um, let's take what we know about the New Testament and the heart. I'll use a very fancy word. Some may know it. Some unregenerate person. Yeah. Which is a person in their natural condition before the Holy Spirit has changed them, yes. made their hearts receptive to Jesus, to the gospel, to the good news. The description of that person is who we are apart from a work of God's mercy is what? We don't love God's law. Right. We hate it. Right. We don't love his word. We despise it. Yeah. So I don't know how to describe an Old Testament psalmist rejoicing in God's word that is not indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm going to go out and say that just as I think Old Testament believers put their faith in God's promise and were justified because of Jesus' work. Right. uh, That it, you know, they looked forward, we look back. Yes. But we look to the same person. We look to the one that's been revealed. Yes. They, Abraham, what did he know? Go to a land I will show you. I'm going to... Here's the promise. Yeah. I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through you. Yep. Now, we know that happens because of Jesus. Yes. He didn't. Right. But he believed. Yeah. He was justified. God credited Abraham's spiritual account with perfect righteousness, yep. Genesis 15, 6. Um, 
so we've got justification working before Paul writes Romans yeah. 4 and explains what justification is. Yeah. We've got the Holy Spirit working before we oh, the indwelling, etc. Yeah. Now, I will say there are some Christians, I've heard them, that teach as if that's not the case. It's not something I would break fellowship over. Sure. But I would say, I'm going to need you to give me some kind of an answer. Right. And I don't know if it'll satisfy, but this is everybody has to work through a challenge. How did people rejoice, delight in God, in God's word, without the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I don't know of another answer besides yeah. his indwelling yeah. uh, presence. It, you know, it's changed us, given us a new nature. So I think that was happening yeah. every time a person experienced a conversion. But conversion in the Old Testament gets a lot less detailed press right. than it does in the New. Yeah. Again, not because the same things weren't happening, Right. to, to your point, Nathan, but they were revealed later. Right. I personally think that they were revealed fully after we see what Christ has accomplished. Yes. And and now yes. let's see what the Holy Spirit yeah. does. And we're just like all the lights on the stage go up. Yeah. We're like, whoa. Yeah. This is what Jesus did. Well, and that's the impression that we get because even the disciples, the twelve who walked with him, were still not getting it until after his resurrection. Yes, that's a great point. I mean, and that's that's the reality yep. is they were still missing it, right? Peter, I will never leave your side, yeah. you know, is still missing it. You know, Peter, who, you know, acknowledges you are the Christ, the Messiah. Yeah. You know, and then what? Two two words later, it's like, you, yeah. no, you will not go to the cross. No, you can, I'm not. I'm not over my dead body. Get behind me, Satan! Right, poor Peter, man. <laughs> I mean, literally, have you ever seen such an epic top of the High mountain, and low, bottom of the valley fall? And he, that's why I love. It's Peter. like winning an Oscar in a Razzie <laughs> all in one year. It's true. It's true, dude. It's kind of what happened to the brilliant career of Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Show me the money, show me the Oscar, show me who is Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, yeah, I never thought I'd compare Peter to Cuba Gooding Jr. And I love Cuba Gooding Jr. Love him, love him. Show me the money. Um, but yeah, uh, dude, that's that's a great point. Their their inability to really take it in. Yeah. And there is something powerful about the when you see the Holy Spirit kind of fully revealed and oh, the disciples know he's coming, he's the one who's come. And the, so here's what I would say. It does seem there's a greater accent, mm -hmm. a greater emphasis, um, but that is not to say that he was not there doing things, right. but it was more muted, more subtle. Uh, and then I do believe once the, the, the curtain opened on yeah. the work of Jesus and Christ's death, resurrection, et cetera, kabam. Yeah. Um, well, and we have that great prayer of repentance that comes from David, right? Take you not your spirit from right. me. Restore unto me the joy, the joy. of my salvation. Right? right, like the idea that that David understands this mechanism that it's the spirit of God that right. works in him. Right, he he's very much aware of Saul in the spirit that yep. would come and go, but he also knows that he's secure in his salvation. Yeah, that whatever whatever understanding he knew of his salvation, he was secure that he wasn't going to lose it, which is why he prays that the joy would the joy. be restored. Yeah, not the salvation. That's a great point, dude, but the joy. Uh, and I think that's a really, really good point. That's actually an interesting way. It wouldn't be, it'll be fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if it'll work like this in my mind, like when we, we see David someday. David, tell us, like, we know what you know now. Yeah. You know, you, he's had quite some time, but tell us, um, what what did you understand? Yeah. Uh, when, when you knew... When uh, Nathan the prophet talked about, um, you know, a house for my name that's going to come through your offspring and a kingdom that won't perish coming through your offspring, uh, you know, and you're not going to build a house for me. I'm going to build a house. Right. It's going to be the, like that. That's more revelation than Abraham got, for yeah. instance, more than Moses got, but not as much as we have. Right. Uh, living on the side of the cross. But I just love to know, like, what in his mind, yeah. what did that what look like? What were you envisioning yeah. with that? It's a, a cool thought, isn't it? Yeah. And then we're going to just be together and have the, oh, it's yeah. mind-blowing. And I think that's, you know, that's what we need to remember is everything is due to revelation. I mean, and, and we're still living in a, a form of revelation because we don't know what eternity will look no. like. 
you know, and so that is the ultimate revelation, right? When it finally uh, comes to its full consummation and, mm-hmm. and God is ruling among us. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, what will we know in a thousand years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's the thing to remember is, you know, if, if we hold true to God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, mm-hmm. right? The sacrifices were a means of teaching Israel about who Christ was, yeah. but they were never the means of salvation of themselves because we, we see that clearly, right? Isn't it in the book of Hebrews that you do not delight mm-hmm. in sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Your sacrifices and offerings, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were always intended to be very physical, tactile, multi-sensory. You know, when you think about sacrifices, dude, the blood, the sounds, yeah. I mean, they must have made quite oh, yeah. the sensory impression and what what you get? Boy, sin must be serious. Yeah, the cost of forgiving must be serious. All the building blocks, mm-hmm. you know, in their infancy. Yeah, of of the gospel that would come in the fullness of yeah. time. Yeah, that's good, dude. So we knocked out two. Yep, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. So the next one we have is uh, is kind of interesting. It's. Uh, what is the illumination of the Holy Spirit? Mm. And it's it's a two-part question. So what would you say to a Christian that holds to the solo scripture of you that is a me and my Bible under a tree, mm-hmm. a Christian that eschews resources like commentaries, and uh, like our podcast, Greg, yeah. these go to 11. Oh, I like it. We got in there? We got in the question? That's right. Great question. Uh, the illumination of the Spirit. Is, I mean, think about it, you know, uh, to illuminate is is uh, to lighten the mm-hmm. mind. We definitely believe that the individual believer can read scripture. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this was the big deal of the Reformation, right? Mm-hmm. Where, and I've got friends. Now, I, I'm being very sensitive to this. Even though I was born and raised in probably the, if not the top three most Catholic states in the U.S., the state of Maryland, where we are currently, uh, I mean, it was odd. Most of the kids that I knew growing up, Nathan, around here, they were always talking about CCD, yep. First Communion. And, uh, you know, I met an occasional Lutheran, maybe Methodist, but it was med- predominantly Catholic. But in the in the medieval Catholic formation, especially, um, you could not be trusted as an individual layman to understand the Bible. Yeah. It had to be authoritatively interpreted and explained by a priest. Mm-hmm. And um, I do believe that's contrary to Scripture. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit, First John, calls him the anointing that teaches us. I think we talked mm-hmm. about that on the yep. previous podcast. Uh, that is given to all believers. Mm-hmm. All believers have the Holy Spirit. I think that might be a question that comes up later, too. So that the Holy Spirit is within us. If you think about it, dude, like, here's how I think of illumination. Um, we debate, what did Shakespeare mean in this passage, right? Yeah. Um, well, if you had Shakespeare with you, he could tell you what he meant. Right. <laughs> now, I don't want to overpress the analogy. That works in some ways and it doesn't in others. That's the second part of the question. Yeah. Um, this is the danger. This is, remember last week, don't blame yes. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. If I look at Scripture and the Holy Spirit is working and teaching, I can have a lot of hope that he can help illuminate this to me. Yes. Help me understand it. <clears throat> and he can. Mm-hmm. And he loves to. That's what he does. He is also the Holy Spirit that does that in community. Yes. So that's not a dodge. It's a combat. It's So I, I think it's fine. This is what I recommend Christians do. Uh, reading this passage, you know, I'm going to, boy, I'm, what does Paul mean here when he says, Therefore, I fill up what is that? Uh, what, what is lacking of the sufferings of Christ? I'll fill up what is lacking. Of, what does that mean? Right. Holy Spirit, help me. You know, the whole, can the Holy Spirit bring to mind? I'm going to write down a few thoughts. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think what we do with those thoughts is I think we should take those to the community. Yep. This is how God's designed the church. This is how God's designed the, uh, the sort of the teaching offices in the church, etc. We share, we enrich, we encourage. The Bible in me, because I have the Holy Spirit, is dangerous. Yeah. There's a man who did that. His name was Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. who had, uh, he said, an angel. Right. Moroni, right, that came to him and offered this third revelation. Mm-hmm. 
Not the third revelation of um, of Paul Dano and There Will Be Blood. Uh, I've anybody watched that movie? <laughs> uh, but no, it was a third testament of Jesus. Yeah, and it teaches false doctrine. Yeah. A lot of people say, well, he made it. Maybe he made it up. Maybe there was an angel. I know that Paul says in Galatians, if we or an angel from heaven right. should preach a false gospel, let him be condemned. Yeah. So I'll just let that sit where it sits, right. as, as, as harsh as it is. The believer should be taking what he or she is experiencing and sharing it with the wider church body. Yes. Let me tell you what happens to me, right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit communicates. That does not mean that our filter doesn't right. get in the way. Right. So just because the Holy Spirit communicates does not mean I properly understand. How many times, dude, have you heard a teacher? It might be a brilliant teacher, but you didn't get what they said. Right. And somebody, no, he wasn't saying that. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah. So the the problem is not with the Holy Spirit. He right. does illuminate. The problem is often our filter, our right. bias, our, oh, we missed something. Yeah. So- Years ago, I truly believed, as I said many times, Nathan, that the Holy Spirit was telling me, preparing a youth talk when I was 17, yeah. talking to 13-year-olds, yeah. that God made you because he was lonely. Right. And I poured over Genesis, and I'm seeing God making people, and I, I just believe the Holy Spirit is talking to me. I believe the Holy Spirit was, and I was immature. I wasn't listening. My own junk got in the way, right. and I thought it was the Holy Spirit. So what happens? I share that with other people. Yeah. You know what, Greg? Let me let's sit down and talk about that. Let's look at the book, The Holy Spirit's Inspired. Let's see some. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another. Father, I want them to be with us for the joy we shared before the right. foundation. Oh, he wasn't lonely. Oh, in other words, people that are further along in their faith, with their experience with the Holy Spirit, can teach us. Now, when you couple that with First uh, Corinthians twelve which is a great chapter on the Holy Spirit. We see that the Holy Spirit works through the church collectively, right? All those famous passages, the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. So what I think the uh, our listeners picked up on is the danger of the Bible, me, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, You can come up with a lot of false garbage that way. Yeah, You can come up with, you know, I've sat with the Bible, and I don't see where the Bible mentions the Trinity. And you know... I don't think there is a trinity. Uh, you are now going against 2,000 years yeah. of consensus among unashamed Jesus followers yeah. that have been led by the Holy Spirit and sought the Scripture together. So the Holy Spirit does work. The problem is our own subjectivity, yeah. which I think can be held in check in the community, which is why the Bible always seems to portray being separated from the community is a vulnerable, dangerous place. Yes. So I think these things should be out. So commentaries, dude, like, you know, yeah. I've told you this. When I, uh, I learned this years ago. When I do my um, every uh, sermon I've ever written now for 25, 30 years, I study the scripture. Yep. I use some tools, but no commentaries initially. Yep. Um, usually when I'm halfway through, I'm starting to write down big picture principles. Yeah. Here's a big thing. Here's, okay, I'm seeing it. I feel comfortable, and I think this is what I'm seeing in Scripture. I go to the commentaries last. Yes. Let me tell you what's so joyful, Nathan, is when, and it, it, the older I get, it happens more, which is a great blessing. Yeah. Oh, whew, wow. Right. This is cool. They're saying a lot of what I've seen. Yeah. They're saying a lot of what I've seen. Every so often, though, mm -hmm. even now, I mean, it happened much more when I was younger. I'm like, man, I, I didn't even see this. Yeah. This seems to be like the big thing, and I completely missed it. Yeah. So that those are other believers yes. that are, you know, further along in their walk, mm -hmm. further down the path, and they have an experience with the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and they've learned, and they've been in community, and yes. they've learned, and they're passing it down the line. And I always say, oh, you're missing out. Yeah. Don't ever put yourself in a spot where it's you, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, and that's all you need. Yeah. That is not because that same Bible, right? All the YOUs, we've talked about this too. Yeah. Almost yeah. every one of them in the New Testament letters is plural. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is assuming we are in community. Yeah. And th and that's the thing is, you know, so many people have 
taken those that mentality and have just done away with the church, which is the foundation of Christianity. Yeah. And and that's the problem when we start trying to live our faith in a vacuum is that we we do misinterpret. Oh. We do go astray. Oh. It, we we can't fully understand because our biases are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this uh, when Justin was on the podcast. Yep. You know, the creeds, those are the essentials. Those are the things that we live and die on. Right. We do not compromise. There's a lot of stuff when you read through scripture, if you're not uh, careful, can seem a little off. Yeah. And, and those things aren't necessarily mentioned in the creeds. Yes. There are convictions that we have. You yep. know, uh, Justin was on here and, you know, he is uh, a PCA guy and he believes in covenantal theology when it comes to baptism. Mm-hmm. We are a uh, believer's baptism, mm-hmm. uh, confessional baptism. And that's a pretty big distinctive sure. within our churches. Sure. And it's important to understand, yes, Baptism is important, and we draw the line in saying uh, that we don't compromise on that, Mm -hmm. but uh, how we baptize and why we baptize become very important distinctives. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that's why we we do surround ourselves with that community to say, okay, why are we doing what we're doing? What is Scripture saying that, that we would say at CFC, we're not going to baptize infants, and yep. here's why. Where uh, Justin would say, "No, we are going to baptize, and here's why." Yeah, you know. But but in community, we've worked through those things together to hold firm to that standard. Yeah. But how many people leave community and just say, "Well, I, I don't need to be baptized to be a believer, so I'm not going to." Of course. And it's like, well, you're right, you don't. But there is an obedience factor. And we all know that, that as believers, we want to follow in obedience, what our Lord and savior has said. Absolutely. Yeah. Nathan. And I, I, I love that question. Um, cause it drives us to that balance. Like you say that we believe me, I love the illuminating work of the Holy spirit. Yeah. And we've all, you've experienced, I've experienced, yeah. we're like, Oh my goodness. And it often happens. Um, uh, because of another, he used the, the phrase sola scriptura yeah. scripture alone. And another principle is the 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 analogia scriptura, right? Uh, that scripture interprets scripture. Mm-hmm. And one of the joys I think Christians experience as you grow and you read the Bible is like, oh my goodness, this thing I'm reading in the book of Romans really connects with what I just read in Matthew, really connects yes. with just what I read in Psalm uh, 51. And, and you start thinking, I know there's multiple human authors lived on different places, different countries, different times, boy, it's starting to seem like there is a human author. Yeah. So again, the uh, to go back to that, because I'm just harping because I think it's such an important question, it would be great if we had Shakespeare here to interpret right. what he wrote. But you get uh, 10 individual people to hear him give a lecture on Macbeth. Right. Have those 10 people report back what they learned. You're going to tell me it's the same thing? Right. Get those people in community. Right. Oh, you know, I think I might have missed that. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. Yeah. That, to me, is the beauty of how God yes. works by his spirit in the church. Yeah. Well, and how many times do we read things through scripture? And again, part of the illumination can be, um, I mean, how many times have you and I experienced this, right? And this is, I think, an experiential thing, which is good and dangerous all at the same time, where we're going through something. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, the passage that we've read over a thousand times has opened our eyes in a new way because now we're experiencing something that the author of the passage has experienced and we connect in a new and fresh way and how good and sweet that can be. But if we're not in community, who's to say that we're not taking what's there out of context? Oh, right. I mean, the most famous out, you know, verse taken out of context, right? Jeremiah. (laughs) 29. <laughs> I know. I burst so many bubbles on that. I thought there's so many people that are, you that know, are, but, that are they're taking down little home, right. home <laughs> pictures and plaques and <laughs> coffee table books. I know the desires yeah. you know, that I have for you, uh, plans to prosper you and give you hope. And I, uh, you know, it is a beautiful passage. And I, I often say people get the right general truth. Right. 
from the wrong passage. <laughs> right. They kind of bring more of a Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. God is promising to do all things ultimately for His glory, is right. our good, His eternal purpose. Um, yeah, the plans to prosper you and stuff. Yeah, this is uh, yeah, we're talking about a seventy year Babylonian captivity. Right. Um, a return from captivity where all has been lost. It's, oh, dude, yeah. don't get me good on the path. I'll start getting emails. But, but we do that so often. <laughs> we do. The, the the health and wealth gospel is based in verses taken out of context oh, of, of Scripture. Yeah, I know? can do all things through Christ who strengthens right. me. I'm like, yeah, what he the all things is hyperbole. Right. I am never going to be, I think if you take it literalistically, yeah. I can be a better basketball player than Michael Jordan. Yeah. Better than LeBron. I am going to be a better, uh, you know, quarterback than Tom Brady. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the all things he defines in the context of Philippians, right? Yeah. Paul says, "I've, I've learned to live in plenty right. and in want." Then very quick, the all things comes along, and he's capturing this deprivation or blessing. Right. And I've learned to do this. We have to let the scripture right. speak. And often we get that in community. If I'm sitting at home, I'm 16 years old, and I'm like, you know what? God told me that settles it. I believe it. I right. believe it. Mom and dad, I'm quitting school. I'm going to the NBA. I'm going to be a witness for Jesus. It says it right here, Philippians 4.13. Fortunately, I was, uh, I, probably I would have believed that. I just didn't have enough faith to act. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude, what else we got here? These are yeah. great questions. Um, so the next one we got uh, is from someone I've had experiences with friends. Uh, and, and I think this actually works really well with the last one we just read. Um, I've had experience with friends where they pray at the beginning of their day about uh, what they should wear or where they should go, what they should do, where they should eat. Um, and they say that the Holy Spirit guided them. So the question is essentially, is there any sound theology behind this? Or are people just thinking that they have to do that uh, in order to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good question, and this kind of ties into to last week a little, yeah. the blaming the Holy Spirit. I, I want to be very sensitive about it. Here's what I like about it. I like the, the, the general commitment that God cares about our lives. The, yeah. cra- hey, the hair on our head is number, not a big deal for me, but for you, dude. <laughs> you know, that, that's a faith builder. you got a lot of hair on top of that dome, dude. For People look at me and they're like, well, yeah, God knows that. So do I. It's like two. Uh, so, um, but I love that, you know, the details. Um, I would call that, and I know people that have done that too. Dude, I had a guy years ago, wonderful guy too, very kind, sensitive. I take no joy in saying this in any, like, oh, he's a, you know, uh, subpar believer, not at all. Right, I'm right. Just saying, I think this is an example of some thinking that is askew. Mm-hmm. Um, he he told me one time <clears throat> that his kids and his wife were sick. They had some kind of a bug uh, virus of some sort. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'll certainly pray. You know that they they get better and it doesn't spread." And he said, "You know, Greg, actually, um, I've been praying about whether or not uh, God wants me to receive this virus. Or not. I'm not sure He wants me to receive it." Um, so you can pray for me on that. I'm, I'm trying to pray if he wants me to receive it, to identify with them, or if he doesn't want me to receive it. And, uh, dude, uh, we're not on a video podcast yet. But right. I'm doing cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here. I'm yeah. just going to lay it out. That's that's. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you could see my face right yeah, now. Yeah, I did. Like... Dude, that is whack. <laughs> that is whack. Yeah. Uh, but he believed it sincerely. Yeah. And sincere believer, a wonderful guy. Um, I would call that kind of thinking... Um, magic eight ball holy spirit guidance yeah. right should i do i get a ham sandwich or do i get a turkey sub yeah do i get pepperoni on my pizza or do i get sausage Ooh, spicy or regular um no right no let's first dude do we see anything like that in scripture right no we don't yeah that is um more akin to superstition mm-hmm uh, and I also think it could be incredibly paralyzing for the believer. Yes. Dude, I called you up tonight and said, dude, I'm going to get us the Orient. Yeah. So I, I did not say, what do you think the Holy Spirit, do you think the Holy Spirit wants us, uh, wants us to get the Orient? Uh, he probably doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he probably wants us to eat a salad <laughs> <Yeah>. or two. <laughs> probably wants to eat a salad and some spring water. So we already discounted that from the start. But in all seriousness, dude, no, yeah. I just said, I know what you like. You're going to like the house low main. Sometimes yeah. the... Uh, you know, we, you know, we might get the orange chicken, yeah. the you know, general salads, whatever. And you know, we got our order. I picked it up. 
I didn't pray. Wait, should I get the Orient tonight? Or should I get chopsticks? Yeah. Should I get chopsticks or bamboo garden? I mean, why not? Right. Why not invite the Holy Spirit to make that decision? Right. It is a paralysis of analysis. Yeah. What I see in Scripture, dude, is that, actually, remember, we were talking to Matt Smith about yes. this earlier. I thought he, yeah. he made a great point, so I'll steal Matt's. Yeah. When you look at the passages that talk about alignment with the Spirit, like Galatians, keep in step with the Spirit, yes. walk by the Spirit, they're always connected to really big themes. Yes. In Galatians, the keep in step with the Holy Spirit is connected to the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Love, peace, gentleness, self-control. Our very character yes. that should be increasingly becoming less and less like ourselves. Yes. More and more like Jesus. Yeah. Slow, baby stepping, sometimes a step forward, two back, but progressive. Mm-hmm. And walking by the Spirit is not linked to, do I wear the pink blouse or the yellow blouse? Do I wear the, uh, do I wear the Crocs or the Air Jordans? You know, you, you, it's never like that. Or, um, you know, put to death the deeds of the flesh by yeah. the Spirit. I mean, these are big themes that yes. have to do with our spiritual transformation, our character, and I'm just going to say it, dude, we're an unchurchy podcast. I mean, isn't it weird? Yeah. If you're an unchurched, unbelieving person, yeah. and somebody says, you know, I pray every morning if I should have Wheaties or if I should have toast. I'm not sure if I should have butter or cream cheese. And I have met some people right. that Who, believe yeah. that they are almost this antenna for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And here's what I would say. The Holy Spirit's a person. Right. Dude, there's nobody closer to me on a personal than Lisa Dutcher. Yeah. I don't ask her. Right. I ask her about kind of bigger, important yeah. things, right? Yeah. You know, or things that are really germane and pertinent to our given day. Right. Do you need me to pick up the kids or do you have that covered? Do you right. want me to do this or do you want me to do that? Um, but she expects me to make decisions for right. myself. Right. So why all of a sudden would the Holy Spirit, no, wait a minute, you didn't right. consult me. It's the parking spot theology, dude. Right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just on part with always makes me cringe. Yeah. Dude, if anybody says, please never give me a parking, uh, never tell me a parking spot testimony. <laughs> I am sorry, man. Yeah. I just I, I I can't even. What do believers that live in persecuted parts of the world think? Right. If they hear, you know what, I was at the supermarket the other day, and oh, I was just a little, and I prayed, and I got a spot close to. No. <laughs> Dude, you may have prayed. Yeah. The Holy Spirit did not make that car come out right. so you could walk. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say it bluntly. I'm not even going to try to nuance that. Yeah. That is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Um, am I too harsh, dude? <laughs> <laughs> what am I missing? What am yeah. I missing? No, and I think, but, but I think that's so important to understand, right? Because when we start reducing the Holy Spirit to what you could basically do with a pair of dye. Yeah. First of all, I Great mean, point. we we underestimate that relationship, right? I mean, yes. God God created us first and foremost in his image, yeah. which means that he created us with a mind, with yep. a choice. We think and we choose. And don't we don't we in effect kind of slap him in the face, you know, as it were by saying yeah, God, I, I think you created me and I think you gave me a mind and you gave me wisdom and understanding, but I'm too stupid to use those things. Like, in essence, you are, you know, denigrating the very creation, the very thing that God has created you to be and do. He's yeah. created you to be a thinker. He's created you to be wise. He's created you to use the gifts and abilities that he's given to you. Absolutely. But second, the, the second thing that I believe that does is it, it really comes from a sense of fear. And, and, you know, you talked about this, this paralysis thing, right? Like I'm going to do something wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make the wrong decision. And oh, yeah. so if I go to Chipotle over, uh, McDonald's, then, you know, I'm going to miss some opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to miss something that I'm supposed to do in this time, in this place that I'm so quote unquote supposed to be at. When scripture talks about pray without ceasing, the idea isn't guide me like a robot. You've got the joystick in your hand mm -hmm. and just let me go. It's no, no, no. You go to Colossians, whatever you do, 
in word or deed, do it all to the glory of Jesus Christ. Like there is a, there is a command given that whatever you do, guess what? I'm not going to tell you everything yeah. you should do. Yeah. No, <laughs> of course not. And I love what you said there. All you have to do, I think is if you think of it like a parent and child, um, what if my kid makes the wrong decision? I'm going to go out on a limb there, dude, and say, of my four kids, sometimes they make the wrong decision, <laughs> what I would call the wrong decision. Once or twice, right? Once or twice a millennium or something that happens. And uh, you know what doesn't happen, dude? I don't say, oh, man, boy, you really missed my will for right. your life. You, you, you're right there with them. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, okay, this wasn't a good thing, so let's let's get out of it. Right. I, I love that when I have the opportunity. I have had people in my office through the years nathan and it's hard it's it's just heartbreaking they are racked with guilt over you know what we prayed if our if our son or daughter should go to university of virginia or or nc state um and you know what i, I if we had just prayed more i think they probably would have gone to nc state but they yeah. went to university of virginia let me tell you what happened at university of virginia number one you have no idea what would what would have happened at NC State. Right. Could have been the same or worse. Right. You just don't know. Number two, it's like, what are we saying about who Jesus is? Mm-hmm. You know where Jesus is? He's with your kid. Right. At either place. Yep. Wherever he goes, he's there. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes think, oh, you know what? This probably wasn't the wisest path to walk around. Well, Jesus tells a story, I think, about a shepherd. Where one wanders. Yeah. Oh, man, too bad. Right. Uh, it's a shame he made the wrong turn, yeah. and now he's missing. He goes and gets him. Yeah. So he tells that story, yet we have this fear that, oh, if my TV antenna, Holy Spirit ears don't get the right thing. Right. And it's sad. Yeah. I think, man, I am just free. Yeah. I love, like you said, use it to be free, because I here's what I know. I know I'm going to make the wrong decision. Yes. And I know Jesus is going to be there saying, yep, let's let's turn around. Yes. Let's go back, retrace yes. our steps, and, and go back. And, dude, it's so joyful because yes. he loves us yes, and is there with us to guide us as sheep. Yes. And, and again, you know, you brought up the sheep, but the prodigal son, too, right? The, the one who not accidentally gets lost, yeah. but the one who intentionally pushes against his father. Yeah. I want you dead. Give me my money. That's I'm what he says, I'm going to go basically. live yep. how I want to live. Yep. Right. And, and, you know, the father, he's not sitting there going, all right, here you go. Don't don't bother coming back to me. You know, we're we're told that he's there watching while the son was still a distance away. The father saw him. Oh, yeah. And he goes running to him and he restores him. You know, and so I think I think that's the thing that we fail so hard at. Right. And, and, you know, you told that story. last week about uh the father who who was struggling with his son yeah and the spirit worked in him to just show him you know this is how you need to respond yeah. and how there was such reconciliation and restitution yeah. that happened in that family right and how many times do do we go out you know half cocked or full cocked mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. guns blazing for those situations when remembering this is what our father does for us. You yeah. know, yes, of course, we have standards. We have expectations mm-hmm. of of what is right and what is wrong and how children should live and behave and act. But when they go off the rails, remembering that that that's where we started. It's not that we went off the rails. Yeah. We were off the rails. So true. Um, and, and while we were still a long way off, God was there watching us. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I think this is, this is such the freeing thing, understanding God's plan of redemption, right. And, and who the Holy Spirit actually is, um, to bring us back, to make that peace, to make that restitution. Um, and, and yeah, I mean that, that again, like we were talking about, this is the problem with doing those things, right. They're, they're birthed out of fear. Yeah. You know, what if I miss this? Yes. There, there's a lot of stuff you're going to miss. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to drop this in here. I wasn't going to say it, but your, your point, too, is just about our mind and common sense. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll put out the joke that I started before we recorded this podcast <laughs> at the risk of nobody ever listening again. Some folks in our church right now are organizing. It's great. It's a great event. They're going to organize um, 
we haven't talked about this movie. Maybe we will someday. The, yeah. the new uh, Jesus, Jesus Revolution, Revolution movie. Yeah. Uh, folks in the church, it doesn't work for me that evening. Uh, they're going to do it. Uh, it's like you know, a Tuesday evening. I think so. I yeah. think it's a Tuesday night. Um, and they are, uh, you know, it's great. They might get 70, 80 people go to the theater, yep. watch the movie. And remember, I said to you, dude, how would it go over if the very next week, I said, hey, guys, those of you that weren't able to go last week, Pastor Greg is, <laughs> he's organizing a movie night. It's going to be at Horizon Cinemas. We're going to watch Cocaine Bear. <laughs> right. Dude, I... <laughs> or next week, guys, those that miss Cocaine Bear, past Greg's organizer, they're going to see Scream 6. Uh, dude, I, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't need the Holy Spirit to tell me don't do that. Yeah. Common sense. Yes. Right? You're yeah. not going to organize a right. church right. movie night for the... <laughs> Spiritual edification of the soul on cocaine bear. Right. Now, you, me, and Matt Smith will see it on our own on a Saturday. Yes, we will. We'll see it and laugh till the cows come home. But my goodness, I'm not going to organize it as a church event. Right. And sometimes I'm like, it's just, it's just enjoy the grace, the freedom, relax. Yes. God gave us a brain. Yes. If you're not sure, ask somebody else. Right. Hey, what do you think? Didn't your kid go to, what did you think? Well, you know, they didn't like this. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It, it doesn't have to be the antenna. Right. Consulting the, the again, the magic eight ball. Right. Should I stay or should I go? Think about how many times Proverbs talks about getting counselors and advisors and not, and, and, and this is going to sound weird, but like not trying to divine out the will of God. No, like I, exactly. Surround yourself with wise people. Surround yourself with counselors, right? This is this goes back to the question that we talked about before, the illumination of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Surrounding yourself with people who are a good sounding board for making decisions. Absolutely. Dude, I love it. You know, the, the, he walks with the wise becomes wise. Yeah. Right, the, the company of fools. We know that. Yeah. Dude, I mean, who doesn't look back at their teenage years and say, man, what an idiot I was. Right. And a lot of times because you were with fools. Right. And I, I was the chief right. among whom I'm chief. <laughs> oh, let's do this. This will be great. Right. Let's, you know, I mean, how, how many deep's kids? that water? How right. high is that bridge? <laughs> exactly. And it's, I, so I love your point. It goes back to the community question. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is real. He is eager to illumine scripture to teach us and he does that in a community yes and it's so good yeah it's so good like one of our groups you know last week nathan i couldn't make it i had um uh an online class that night but they um oh my goodness there were 60 70 people yeah. here wednesday night they had a band look like doing dinner and dinner yeah. having a great time what like just joy life wisdom comes out of that there were probably so many conversations some casual some people sharing their experiences yeah and whether you actively process it or not you're learning yes and you're oh wow look what they experienced look what they did and it shapes you just love that. that's how yeah. we're, we're uh, uh intended to be do we have any more dude or do we reach the we end? got we got uh one more Let's we're, one we're more. running down on time Let's but, one but more. we're gonna get this last one in here um so, uh, why did the Ephesian disciples not receive the Holy Spirit in Acts uh, nineteen, verse one through seven? Oh yeah, woo, dude. Let me uh, let me pull this out a little bit because I want to make sure I'm speaking on the right passage. I, I have some, I think, definitive answers on that, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to make sure. See, this is live podcasting or recorded podcasting where I'm stalling. Stalling um, for time. Yes, and uh, the Bible app is asking me if I like them, and I just said no. I feel guilty. Um, I just didn't <laughs> even though wanna, we use them every week. I for- <laughs> use them every week. I just didn't want to have to write a review. Um, so we go to Acts nineteen, and um, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it happened. Uh, that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country, came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Yeah. So in. Verse 1, the end of it, there he found some disciples. We assume, and it's a decent assumption, these are Jesus believers. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say that. A mm-hmm. disciple is just a learner, yep. just a follower. We know there was another group uh, that we see in the Gospels and in the book of Acts that were John's disciples. Mm. Uh, there should be a strong connection between John's disciples and Jesus' disciples, but there do seem to be some gaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, John was... The one who prepared, yep. rolled out the red carpet. 
He was a rock star. He had quite a following. And then we've got Jesus' disciples. They're not one and the same. Verse 2, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So let me give you my take. There's some other takes. My take on this passage is that these people weren't Christians yet. Mm -hmm. I think they were the equivalent of John the Baptist disciples. Mm -hmm. There was an eagerness in the book of Acts. Sometimes they would be called Mm God-fearers that are um, almost in a state of preparation. Mm -hmm. I think that is brought about by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of uh, of repentance. That's why I think that's the key. Uh, John the Baptist telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. Then on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm. I think that there is an incompleteness to their story. Mm. And scripture is sometimes messier, dude, than theological textbooks. Right. Let's be honest. We kind of have a, oh, there's people in darkness, there's people in light. That's ultimately true. But in God's providence, I would say this, dude, the day before I received Christ in 1986, I was still lost. Yeah. But I it was a different kind of lostness. Yeah. Um, in terms of my my interest, yeah, my my receptivity than I was maybe a year earlier. Yeah. I was I'm not saying I was partially saved. I was lost, but things were beginning to start to click. Sure. Now, you know, it reminds me of that old song, uh, I sought the Lord and afterwards I knew mm-hmm. that he had been seeking me. So some people have a story where I got really interested in spiritual things and I had these conversations for a month. I believe what we're describing without knowing it, at least initially, is the Holy Spirit was doing things. Yes. Preparing in my life. I think that's where we find these disciples. Yeah. Well, and, and we're still in, again, we, we talk about, you know, the pro- progressive revelation. We're still in a progressive period where there's still some confusion on who Jesus is and, and what his role is and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, again... You talked about John the Baptist. Um, I think it's fair to say that once he died, that that connection that you talked about between Christ and his disciples and who they yeah. were, right? I mean, both would have gathered large followings oh, and large disciples. There's and, no doubt. You know, so the distance and you know the circles that they would have traveled in would have been quite large. Yes, and and yes. so you know it's very possible that you've had these disciples who just kind of they miss the note, they miss the memo. Oh, well, dude, I think you get hints of that even in in the Gospels. One of my devotions for the All for Love Mm -hmm. book, um, I talk about, uh, I think I called it Failing Faith, where to me it's one of the most powerful pictures where John is in prison. Yeah. He sends his some of his peeps to Jesus. It's, It's kind of like the meeting of John's disciples with Jesus, which shows there's overlap but dissimilarity too. Right. And what's the meeting about? John has a message. Are you the one? Yeah. Or should we look for someone else? Dude. Yeah. I I I'm trying I get emotional every time I think about that passage because this is John the Baptist. Yeah. Gospel preparatory stud. Yeah. Out in the wilderness, blazing like a firebrand, preaching, teaching, eating wild locusts and honey, and uh, he's he's imprisoned. Yeah. And he's despairing. Yeah. And he's doubting. Yep. It's the, one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. So this is their leader yeah. who is showing some weakness. Yep. And the next devotion, I think the next day, I call it the gentleness of Jesus. Yeah. Because, you know, we might expect him, how dare you, John, you right. of all people. God uniquely prepared you to roll out the red carpet. No. He just says, you tell John this. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The deaf here. The blind see. Meets him in the point of his despair. So not only does he testify to his identity, but he builds John's faith. Yeah. So I think, dude, the fact that some of John's disciples would be a bit confused. Yeah. Kind of there, kind of leaning in. And then, boom, let me tell you about Jesus fully. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. I think that's what's going on in Acts 19. Yeah. I think that we're... It's confusing because at first it sounds like they're believers that didn't get the Holy Spirit. I think they are unbelievers, ultimately. Yeah. They got the Holy Spirit when they believed in Christ. Yeah. So that would be my take on John. I'm sorry, Acts 19. Acts 19. Yeah. Nice. There are other takes, too, but I, I'll just say that for now. Cool.
Well, we are uh, we are running low on time, so we're going to go ahead and uh, this has been fun. There. This dude. has been great. Yeah. Oh, I've really enjoyed. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. Yeah. They, they, I mean, boy, and I know there was others. Oh, yeah, there were there were actually loads more. Well, so, we have uh, one from one gentleman. Yes, I know where to find him too. Yes, we, we can, and trust me, this dude is sharp. Yeah, and I bet we can. He he's probably got better answers than <laughs> than, than, than you and I are going to give anyway, dude. But uh, you know, he won't say that, but I will. Uh, so we can circle back. But Absolutely. thank you, everybody. These are great questions. All right. Well, Greg, uh, we have wrapped up our uh, session on the Holy Spirit. Fun this month. has been uh, number four. And so looking forward to March, we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, drop our March preview with uh, with this one. So people will get a chance to see what we're going to be doing in March. Uh, so sweet. listen to our AMA. Listen to our March preview to find out what we're doing. And, Greg, until the next time. We just rocked the Caspa. Thank you again for listening to these Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.